Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Who that Nation, wake up, good morning. Week 8 in the NFL, and we've got the New Orleans Saints hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. The day before Halloween should be an interesting just atmosphere in the Caesar Superdome today between two passionate fan bases that I know love to dress up. Uh, should be a fun one. We got, uh, we're going to go through some news and notes, obviously, to start out things. Jeff, how you doing this morning? How you feeling? You ready for the, uh, the tricks or treats today? I'm doing good. Hopefully there's more tricks than uh, treats or the other way around. I don't know what I'm going with. Stuff, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it is, this is going to be funny because it's, you know, it's two teams that both, they both think they're a lot better than they are. And I don't. It's going to be a contest to see which of them is more right than the other, uh, because I don't think either of these teams are particularly good. But are they good enough to make the playoffs? Is the real question. The trade deadline is on Tuesday, right? So, like this game, I think is gonna is going to determine a lot of you know which way are you leaning? Are you leaning toward being a seller? Or are you leaning toward being? Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, I think the Saints are probably a lot closer to that because of the division they're in. But, yeah, I mean, this is a kind of silly season for the NFL at this point. Like, I have no idea who's good and who's not, and you should at this point in the season. So that's that's kind of weird. And you mentioned silly season to go along with the upcoming trade deadline, and it seems like uh, besides the Philadelphia Eagles, there has been a number of rumors surrounding running back Alvin Kamara. Uh, we have not really gotten any – you know, real inkling of what's going on with the Saints right now, if they're going to be buyers or sellers at this trade deadline, or if they make any moves at all. But uh, it's hard to imagine that the uh, Philadelphia and New Orleans hook up again for a wild trade that could send one of the beloved members of this team off to Philadelphia. We already saw Chauncey Gardner-Johnson head over there. Uh, They already own the first-round pick for next year in Philadelphia, and I know one of the reports was that the Saints are trying to get that back. I would highly doubt that's going to be part of a package for Alvin Kamara, though, if they do trade him. Yeah, I think that was more just rumor and people trying to get retweets than anything else. Like, there hasn't been any like any concrete reporting done to that end. I think Albert Breer put out something recently about Kamara. Okay, okay. Let's talk about that. So, there's this thing that goes on on Twitter where people report stuff and then someone takes it and reports it on their own Twitter account, but they mischaracterize what the report was. <laughs> and that's what happened here. And I'm not even going to say the guy's name because I don't want to give him any, any publicity. We literally just steal stuff from people and puts it on Twitter. Right. And so what Albert Breer reported is that an NFL GM told him that this GM thinks that the Saints – would trade Alvin Kamara to the Eagles to get their pick back. Now, I could also sit here and tell you that, yeah, you know, if the Eagles said, hey, I'll give you your first-round pick back, can we have Alvin, that they might consider that. Because if you were a 2-6 team and 
the only thing stopping you from going in the tank is you don't have your first round pick. Sure, I could see them doing that, but I, that has just as much credibility as this random GM who doesn't, who isn't the GM of the Eagles or the Saints. Right. Um, and so, but how that ended up on Twitter was, oh, a GM says the Saints will make this trade, and it's like that's not what happened. Anyway, so <laughs> just when you see stuff on Twitter, if it's not the original source, assume they got it wrong, like. Because why would you be getting your news about what a reporter said from someone who isn't that reporter who is reporting about that reporter? It doesn't make any sense. Either way, it annoys me. I'm ranting about it. <laughs> there has been no no actual like smoke toward Alvin Kamara getting traded to the Eagles. Now, I could see it getting a trade happening, especially right, if they right. lose this week. But that's that's complete just just malarkey. I thought it was kind of amusing the fact that when all these Twitter feeds were popping up, either retweeting stuff or yeah. mentioning the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Kamara had put out that gif of my, Michael Jackson smiling, eating popcorn, just watching stuff going on. Yeah. And that's that's exactly how I feel about it, too. It's, it's pretty amusing. It does get annoying. But uh, definitely a name that, like you said, if they do lose today, I wouldn't be completely surprised if they do decide to be sellers and you see guys like – you know, even a Cam Jordan, a Demario Davis, some bi- some big names could be on their way out of here uh, just to get to recoup some draft picks for this squad. Yeah, and I mean, it it gets complicated because of how the Saints manage their cap structure. And you know, if you trade Alvin Kamara, you have a nineteen million dollar dead cap hit, so that makes it difficult to field the team next season. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're if you're two and six, even in the NFC South at two and six, you're not feeling good because like. Sure, somebody has to win this division, but what what has happened through eight weeks that makes you think it should be you? Um, so like that's that's where I'd kind of land on it. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be awkward, and you just gotta go out and win this game, man. Like if you if you win this game and the Panthers win, every team in the NFC South is three and five. It's basically you know a nine week sprint to the playoffs, um, and you know who knows? Maybe they get there at six and eleven at this point, but. It's you just got to find a way to start winning some games. And I think more than anything else, and we haven't talked about this yet, but Andy Dalton was named the starting quarterback this week. Jameis Winston is quote unquote healthy. I think the read between the lines is healthy enough to play. He'd have to be Wolverine to actually be healthy (laughs) from the injuries he had. His bones fused back together in his back. Right. But I think to to a, a larger degree, that decision was made based on like this is a team that has not had an identity through eight weeks of the season, through seven weeks of the season, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, it's really hard to have an identity when you go into every week wondering who your starting quarterback is going to be, right? And so I think more than anything else, more than it's like, okay, whether you wanted Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton, whatever, just having a concrete quarterback, having a leader who you can say, this is the guy, I think that's helpful for a team just to rally around and just to, like, have an identity as an offense. So, you know, maybe hopefully that that's something that you can see out there on the field today. We will not be rallying around today. We know the three players that are out for this game, wide receivers Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, also corner Marshawn Lattimore, which is obviously another big blow this week when you have a top-tier receiver in Devontae Adams who was dealing with an illness all week but was pretty likely. I know he's, I think he's questionable for this game, but you can bet your bottom dollar he'll be suited up and ready to go for today. Devontae? Yeah. Yeah, he, he missed the first two days of practice this week with an illness he was limited on friday quote unquote illness you know 
a couple years ago, we would have been making a pretty big deal about a couple guys missing practice with an illness. Now it's like, oh, he has the flu. He'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's hard to get COVID when no one has, has tests for it anymore, right? So they're just, you know, it's like you don't get a flu game with COVID, right? You get a flu game with the flu-like symptoms. And uh, you see, and you see, you know, you mentioned uh, Devontae Adams also, Jonathan Abram, uh-huh. uh, Tayshawn Bauer, uh, uh, questionable with quote-unquote illness. There was a fourth one on here, too. Yeah, Clue and Farrell. Um, they both, they all, they all were back at practice on Friday in some capacity. So it sounds like they're going to play the, the Raiders have not declared a single player out. Which, no. Good for them. <laughs> right. It must be nice. I mean, the saints, they only having three players out is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a boon for them. You know, the, the guy who I'm excited to see Peyton Turner, he was listed on the injury report with uh, that chest injury at full practice all week. He does not have a game day designation. So it looks like we'll finally be able to get to see the, the first round pick back that everyone complains about. I I have high hopes for him still. I think he can he can be productive. He can just get on the field. Uh, you know, just be nice to have him out there. You know, it's I always feel bad because people give pe- these players so much grief for missing games. It's like they're hurt, guys. Guys get hurt. Have you watched a football game? Do you understand that if you walk in a football field, the odds are against you that you're gonna walk off of it healthy? <laughs> like so, like I get it. Guys get hurt. Uh, so just be nice to see him out there. I think I'm sure with obviously Turner too. It's the fact of where he was drafted, taken so high after not expected to right. be you know that high of a draft pick by this team. And then the fact that, you know, we, we kind of joked about it the other day. It's like, wait a minute, if you see Peyton Turner, do you also see Marcus Davenport? Or have they ever been in the same room together at the same time? So it looks like actually, though, they'll, they'll be on the field together at the yeah. same time today, which is impressive. Both defensive ends have, you know, dealt with a myriad of injuries uh, to start their careers. Uh, and luckily, Davenport's been fairly healthy this year yeah it doesn't help that cam jordan completely ruins the curve for <laughs> all of these guys because i'd like to be able to sit here and say well defensive end is just a, is a position where it you get hurt up, right it's everyone who steps on the field the defensive end is going to get hurt at some point well you know cam kind of ruins that statement but i do think that's that is a qualifier to an extent but you are also are picking guys in the draft who are have injury histories and then they get hurt and you're like well crazy <laughs> You know, I wonder. I wonder what you could have done to avoid that. Um, but yeah, the the other guy who is interesting to watch, David Onyemata. I was going to say, there's another quote unquote illness. Yeah, and so he didn't go on the injury report until Friday, and that makes me a little more concerned, just in the sense that, like, yeah, he's he got sick on Friday. How is he feeling today? Even if he tries to go today, right? Like how. You know, if you like everyone's been sick, we understand that the day or two after you get sick, you're still not feeling right. So who, who's to know uh, how he's going to be feeling one way or the other, even as even if he's out there, um, because that and that interior defensive line has already been such a struggle. Like I tweeted that, oh, this is something you need to watch. And someone was like, why? He's been terrible anyways. Like he's still been your best interior lineman. He, the interior line has been bad. It will be worse without him out there. So that's not what you want. No, and you look at also uh, questionable for today. Adam Troutman, uh, the tight end, was not practicing all week, was actually able to come back limited on Friday. He's questionable. Andrews Pete limited all week. Uh, the gu- uh, offensive guard, he is questionable with a chest issue. Paulson Adebo, that's a big one that we'll be monitoring, and I think we both feel like he's going to play today. He was limited with a knee issue uh, also, like I said, questionable Jawan Johnson with a hamstring injury. Uh, Adebo, you know, Dennis Allen had some 
uh, at least positive things to say about him on Friday, about his recovery and how he's feeling, looking more like the guy that we were seeing in training camp. And it seemed pretty obvious that he suited up and played uh, against, what was it? Seattle. Seattle when probably he shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. Well, the injury – no, I'm sorry. It was Cincinnati. So the injury came against Seattle. Okay, yeah, right, right. And then he played against Cincinnati. And, you know, whether he should or shouldn't have, he he played through an injury. Let's put it that way. And so, you know, he kind of – anytime you're playing through an injury, you're probably going to have a little longer recovery timeline on the on the back end of it. Jarvis Landry in London. Well, right. <laughs> and and the, they just so happened to be playing on Thursday night, right? So it became impossible for him to get out on the field on Thursday after kind of dealing with that injury. So hopefully that 10 days off, he's the guy – he's one of those guys where Dennis Allen was like, yeah, we're hopeful to get him back. I think he's in that list. Um, the other guys to, to look at, Chris Harris – the slot corner who was playing on the outside last week. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't have to happen again, but he has been signed to the 53. So he is on the roster now. Um, he's, you know, he's a good nickel corner. I think you're okay with having him out there at nickel corner. You just don't want to force him to go outside. Even in his prime, he was not an outside corner. Um, they also elevated Kevin White. I believe this is the third time they've elevated him. So he would have to be signed to the 53-man roster to get him back if they wanted him. Um, and then they have terminated the contract of Keith Kirkwood again. He is the new JT Barrett. Right. You just kind of cut him and bring him back, cut him and bring him back. Uh, I did think it was interesting. There must be some some contract stuff going on in terms of like, okay, we, we want to get him the his 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 money. But like they – because they could have just signed Chris Harris on Monday or Tuesday. Instead, they signed Keith Kirkwood to keep him around and then, and then waived him on Friday to sign Chris Harris. It's, there must be some uh, – you know, some some rules involving like, okay, you can only get your money if you're on the roster for this many days and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Taking a look at some of the, uh, you know, other games that are going to be going on today. We got more morning football in 10 more minutes, eight more minutes, sorry. Mm. We'll have kickoff in Wembley Stadium in London. Those lucky chaps out there yeah, overseas, they get another great matchup between Jacksonville and Denver. Uh, I'll be interested to see how healthy Russell Wilson is. I know there was a lot of uh, memes or jokes being made of the fact he was doing knee stretches on the plane while they were heading over there. Uh, but that's a, I mean, there's been so many uh, teams that have been down in the dumps this year when so much was expected. And Denver's another big one, obviously, for all the, the big bucks they're paying at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, as you go we, every week, you can find half the NFL being like, what is happening to our team? <laughs> we paid the quarterback all this money. Um, you know, the Cardinals last week, the Saints. You know, playing the Saints has been a good recipe for making yourself feel better about yourself this season. You know, like the Vikings. That's unfortunate, right. It sure felt like that was not a very good Vikings team when they met the Saints in week four. But look at them now. They're 5-1, and one, right? They're leading the NFC North. The Seahawks, man, that sure didn't look like a Seahawks team. They put 32 points up on the Saints, 31 points, and – or no, it was 32, and uh, yeah, they're leading the NFC West. <laughs> they lost that game. They're still leading the NFC West. Uh, the Cardinals, you know, you know, this team was dead in the water. All of a sudden, the Saints show up. They put up 42 points. <laughs> and so it's like, hopefully that changes, right? Um, one stat that I thought stood out this week for me was, do you know, can you guess who's leading the, the Saints in, in sacks? I would have to say DeMario Davis. It is DeMario Davis. Okay. He has five. This is tied for a career high with him. Wow, already. he's leading this this team in sacks, and it's like great for Demario. That's not a good sign for this team, right? It's like when your safety is leading your team in tackles. Like that's a problem, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, they gotta they gotta figure something out. Like this team is just not working the way it was supposed to when you came into the season. How many does Cam have offhand? Do you know, four and a half, four and a half. Okay, 
Yep. So he's right there. He's right there. Well, Cam, yeah, Cam has actually been a productive pass rusher this year, but it's like everybody else. You know, I think I think Marcus Davenport, I think the number is like he has like 18 hurries, and he just hasn't finished them off, which I guess that's that's good. But, like, you know, it's a hurry, and then Kyler Murray ro- like rolls out and then runs for 10 yards, right? It's, it's a hurry, and then Joe Burrow converts on third down. So it's like hurries don't mean anything if the play still happens. The uh, another noon game going on today that obviously is going to have all of our interest is Carolina and Atlanta, and you know nobody would have guessed that this Carolina team, after you know dealing off uh, Robbie Anderson, after dealing off Christian McCaffrey, now on their third string quarterback, would be a quote unquote contender in this division. But that's just how bad things have been this year, and I really when the Atlanta Falcons went out and you know they they're bringing in Marietta as their starting quarterback I figured I'm like well they're just they're just going in the tank already for the to start the season yeah it, it sure felt like going in that the pan well like the the Panthers looked like they were gonna at least try to win with you know trading for Baker Mayfield <laughs> and doing all this uh now they have PJ Walker right as their yeah. quarterback <laughs> yeah I, I mean I think they would rather lose that's the kind of thing it's like you have a team without a coach. You have a team without a quarterback, and they're just like, "Yeah, I mean, we're gonna do what we do." And the Bucks were like, "Go for it, dude." Um, but yeah, it's this, this is the NFC South, man. It's it's brutal. Trying to get up for a victory today. Who that nation want to hear from you in the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line 504-260-1870. Steve Geller, Jeff Nowak here on First Take on WWL Saints Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back on first take, Steve Geller, Jeff Nowak, getting you ready for Saints versus Raiders. This feels like a game, Jeff, to me, like you think of the black and gold, the silver and black. It's the day before Halloween. It just seems like it should be an evening game here. Do you think there will be pirates in the building? Oh, there's going to be plenty of, you know, costuming, and I'm interested to see the home and away garb that people decide to wear. I know both fan bases are pretty uh, out there and like to do some eclectic things, so it should be interesting. Now on the line, I see we've got our boy Mike Dettelier. Mike D's Notebook is brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. Happy day before Halloween. Happy game day, Mike. How's it going? I'm doing good, thank you. Let's get a win. Amen to that. Uh, And one guy, though, in order to get that win, this team is going to have to contend with one of the better running backs in the NFL right now in Josh Jacobs, who I guess you could say is underrated because, for me at least, it doesn't seem to get enough attention throughout the league. No, because they haven't been a good football team. You know, if he was playing on a winning team, uh, he'd get a lot of attention. The last three weeks, Josh has just been just been awesome. He's averaging over 100 yard, 140 yards a game rushing. He's a short cut type runner, powerful in the lower body, but yet, man, he is so shifty in space. He's a one jump cut runner that he's up the field. And he gives you quite a battle to bring him down one-on-one. You you better not come just a-stepping if you think you're going to bring him down in the open field because he is bringing it to you. And he's always been that type of guy. If you watch him back when his high school days in Oklahoma, then he comes goes to Alabama, and now with the Raiders, man, he just brings it to you each and every snap. Very physical player, and yet he's got the speed to uh, cut the corner if needed. He can catch the football pretty well coming out of the backfield. And right now, when I look at how they built, their offensive line is really built to run the football, much more so than throwing it. And despite the fact they got some weapons now uh, with Devontae, with Darren Waller, uh, Hunter Renfro, they got some talent uh, in the pitch and catch part of the game, and I think Derek Carr is a good player too, really good quarterback. Uh, I think the key guy for them is Josh Jacobs because you can do so much of that uh, off of play action. you got to respect the run, and I think early on Josh McDaniels wasn't exactly sure what he had with with Jacobs. <laughs> He's sure now, uh, and that guy is carrying the load, and he's in the final year of his contract because the Raiders did not pick up the option on him. So he becomes a free agent, and uh, he's playing for his money now, future money. And, man, he's always been a guy you could never question his toughness and um, his ability to give you everything he's got out in the field. Sounds like he's, he's one gonna... of the few draft choices, to be honest, that Mayock and uh, John Gruden got right. <laughs> Sounds like he could be a guy that a uh, poor tackling defense could have some issues with. 
Oh, uh, yeah, I would, <laughs> I would emphasize that. I would emphasize it. Yeah, the other the other guy in this Raiders offense, he's he's a guy who already got his money, um, and I'm sure he looks over at the Packers every week and says, "Yeah, you should have given me this money." It's Devontae Adams. You know, I, I am curious. So obviously, stopping Josh Jacobs will be such an important element of this game, and how you do it is going to be a factor because with Devontae out there and no Marshawn Lattimore, being able to slow him down probably one on one. I don't know how much help you're going to be able to send. Uh, is gonna be is gonna be a factor. What what have you seen from Devontae so far this year in that new offense? You know, um Lattimore gave him a lot of problems when they were lined up one on one. Gave him a lot. And Devontae didn't go off on the Saints uh with Lattimore, but with no Lattimore, <laughs> um I, I know exactly where I'm going with the football uh with him. You know, he's still one of the elite receivers in this business. And you can make a strong argument, maybe to still the best. Uh, just his ability to set you up, Jeff, that, that's what he does really good. He's a good route runner, but he sets you up for the big play downfield where he'll run a couple of shorter routes, make the catch, and then you think he's not going to go deep on you, and then he breaks free. Got great hands, really good eye-hand coordination, and he's not a small receiver. He's a guy out in the open field that you better put a hat on a hat on or he's going to give you issues. And you see Derek Carr and him, just the, uh, the rapport they have with one another. And I think that's so important anytime you're trying to piece together a passing game to have that between the quarterback and his top receiver. Um, you know, they played college football together, now back uh, together again on the pro team. So uh, he's a guy, uh, if if I'm the Raiders, I throw him the football eight to nine times today. Mike, because I, got- I think he's going to be open. Uh, all I know is DeAndre Hopkins, uh, how many days did he practice last <laughs> week when he played? Uh, none. And, and, and look what he did. Man, uh, I'm getting the football in Devontae Adams' hands. Man, looking at the other side of the football, Mike, the Raiders' defense has you know struggled against the run, but they do have one of the more elite pass rushers in the NFL and a guy like Max Crosby. Uh, really surprising, I would say, out of you know, Eastern Michigan, uh, the fourth-round pick in 2019, has six sacks on the season and is one of the, the leaders – uh, but right behind some of the top guys in the NFL right now. Yeah, when he came out, um, that I was running the East-West Shrine game, gave me a call, said, give me a few names we ought to have here. My first one was Max Crosby. Um, I'd watch him play, and he was a tall, skinny drink of water, okay? And he was not a great run defender. But, man, he could get up the field, rush the quarterback, and he never stopped. And he went there and really put on a show, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, now he's got some weight on him, extra weight, and he plays the run pretty well now. Uh, at first, that might have been a little bit of a liability with him. And he had never – really went up against these massive offensive tackles. And so he had to learn how to kind of uh, counterpunch to get off of a block 
But today, he, he's one of the best pass rushers in the game. And his technical skills are really good. He knows how to use his arms and hands really well to get off a block. And he'll give you a hard inside move and then cut it back to the outside. Or uh, vice versa, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He does it opposite. He's got an array of moves that are really good to beat that tackle. But the one thing that jumps out at you is he never stops. He can, he makes a ton of plays just on sure hustle, and he never quits, never quits on a play. It could be across the field from him, and he's still going. Uh, he's going 100 miles an hour to try to make that play. Uh, and he loves the game. And you can tell he's had some issues off the field that he was open about, that he has fought and beaten. But, man, he's a guy that you know when you go up against him, you better not be half-stepping it. You better give him your best shot or he's going to embarrass you. He's not going to beat you. He's going to embarrass you. Uh, And he's – non-relenting. I mean, he's got that foot on the accelerator all the time, and it's always about making a play. But I think the biggest improvement with Max is that I knew he could always rush the quarterback. So one way or another, I knew he had a job in the NFL because not too many guys can do that like he can, but it's how well he can play the run. He plays the run well. But, man, uh, a big part of why, you know, they traded Jonathan Hankins off. Yeah. And they they bring in – and Neil Farrell's now become that guy. So, they they got to stop the run inside. That's been an issue with the Raiders. But, Max, you ain't got to worry about him, man. Um, if you're picking a team, uh, you want him on it because you know what you're going to get from Max Crosby. But, man, they're, they're – Inability to stop the run uh, at the tackle linebacker position is telling when you break down that tape on them. They got some big holes inside. The Saints got to take advantage of that. That's why, to me, in this game, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, they got to touch the football and run it. Uh, You got to force the Raiders uh, to play on your time clock, and that's to try to take the ball out of their hands. You know, one more guy. We've talked a lot about the, the names that most people probably do know on this Raiders squad. There's another name that, if you're familiar with, you know, Thibodeau, Louisiana, you'll know, and that's Amik Robertson, former Louisiana Tech star, is starting on the outside for this Raiders team now. You know, what what should the Saints fans expect from uh, from Amik over there? Man, I've, I've been knowing Amik for quite some time. He lives not far from me because um, I still live on the bayou. Um he me meet me one time, you know, like the roadrunner uh, in, a, in a high school game. Uh, they were dumb enough to punt it to him. Uh, he, he was one of the elite return men as a prep player, and I'm standing on the sidelines. Uh, I was doing the prep stuff uh, on WWL, and I'm standing kind of by myself, and he outruns about five guys. He gets to about the 25-yard line. That's nobody close to him. And I'm standing at about the 10. And he passed, and he, he turned his head to me, and he went, meep, meep. And he just ran in. 
And he's one of the few. I had it done a couple times, but he's one of them. And he's all of about five foot eight and a half, and about 190 pounds. You talk about a guy that gives you some big time play out in the field. They use him a lot in the nickel dime schemes. He's got great ball skills. You can't teach that. Either you got it or you don't. And I think in another life, I always told him this: he would be a receiver, but because he really is an offensive player playing on defense. He thinks the ball is for him, and he's a tremendous cover guy. Now, he's not real tall, so he's going to get beat sometimes just by somebody kind of out-physically him uh, with height. But, man, he makes a ton of plays, really good special teams player. And if that ball's a little off and it's around him, he's going to make the interception. Um He's as good as you'll find in this league at playing the football in flight. Yeah, he he's really good at it. And, uh, man, he, he's a tough little guy. He'll come up the field and make a play on run support, too. He, he's he got no fear in him, none. And uh, I, I told Ed Ruzer on this, the biggest mistake he ever made, uh, not trying to recruit him because uh, – uh, they tried late, but he had already uh, committed to Louisiana Tech, and he, he was a great high school player, tremendous player for Louisiana Tech. And he's found the niche in the NFL in that nickel and dime scheme. Uh, he's got some similarities. He's faster. Uh, to He reminds me a little bit of P.J. Williams, that he can play anywhere they put him out on the field in the secondary, he's going to play. And he's going to be productive. Yeah, and kind of along that same theme, you know, a player that people probably remember, but they don't even know he's on the Raiders is Foster Morrow, a New Orleans kid. I think he went to Jesuit. You know, you watch all these LSU kids every year, and you're like, okay, that's an NFL that player. That's an NFL player. That's an NFL player. I don't think many people were saying that about Foster Moreau when he was up there. But, you know, how he's – he has a significant role. I don't know how much time he's going to see the field today if Darren Waller is, is back healthy. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that Derek Carr has trusted the last few years. There's a chance we see him out there. What do you What do you know about Foster? Yeah, you know, because, uh, you know, his parents both went to Tulane, and he ends up at LSU. So uh, that that's a, that's a new one uh, because most of the time, you know, you kind of follow where mom and dad went, and they were really good athletes too. And Foster was known for his run-blocking skills at LSU, uh, and, and he, that's how when he got recruited, they brought him in. He was going to be like, you know, another tackle out on the field. And he's six five, and he's 250 pounds, so he's a big man. And his senior year, he finally started to get much more involved in the passing game at LSU. He put on a show at the NFL Combine. Nobody thought he could run that fast, and yet he can. So he's a big target receiver, sure-handed, and uh, – but he, he's really good as a run blocker and a pass protector. So I know why Derek Carr likes him. Man, he's saving me from getting killed out right. there because he's one of the few tackles that can actually match up pretty well against a defensive end in pass protection. So we're gonna see him we're gonna see him some and certainly I just hope Darren Waller doesn't go off on them like he did the last time they right. played. 
Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. Always appreciate you dropping the knowledge on us, Mike. We'll hear from more from him on the Bud Light Countdown to Kickoff, which starts at 10 a.m. with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert, and Christian Garrick. Thanks again, Mike. We'll be talking to you later. All right, guys. Y'all take care. I'm Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak here on First Take, coming back with more after the break here on WWL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. He told me to expect to play until you hear something different. And so that's just where we're at. That's Saints starting quarterback Andy Dalton when asked, what did the coaches tell him this week heading into the matchup against the Raiders? And he is the guy. Correction. That's what they told him when he first started. So that was he was kind of like talking about how um, the kind of situation developed, and when he first went in week four against the Vikings, right. that's what they told him. They told him, just you're the starter until we tell you something different. Well, the thing that they told him was, you're still the starter. So nothing has really changed. That's why it's weird. To, like I was trying to come up with like phrasings for it. It's like, it's not a quarterback change. It's like a quarterback retention. <laughs> it's a depth chart change, if nothing else. And uh, so like, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, like, again, I think, and I said this earlier, I think that just like the uncertainty of the quarterback position throughout the first seven weeks of the season, that's not healthy for a football team. You want to know who your leaders are. You want to know that this is the guy, like you're going to go to this guy. He's just starting quarterback. You know, you can go talk to him and he's, he's the leader of that offense. And I think that there was probably some reticence to do that. With Jameis in there being like, is he the starter? Are you the starter? Who Who is the leader of this room right now? Um, and I think that just being able to just say, okay, no, we're gonna we're just going to circle the wagons and get this done. This is what it is. I think that's good for this team. It is a little surprising, though, to me, just because the fact that we heard from Dennis Allen when he is 100% healthy, Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback for this team. When did he say that? Uh, it's th- th- during the season, uh, for sure. I mean, it was there was never that – controversy of this being you know uh Andy Dalton taking over the starting role he was just filling in for Jameis until he got healthy enough to come back yeah you know it was interesting because that's how it started but I think DA shifted pretty quickly to being like okay we're gonna play the person who gives us the best chance to win but then he would always kind of throw it back to health right so it was like okay sure once Jameis is healthy you anticipate that he's going to be in there until you hear otherwise well now we've heard otherwise and uh, I, like again, I am just happy that there is a like a firm decision because all year it seems like it's just been waffling, um, and you kind of got the inclination that well maybe they do prefer Andy and the way he's running the offense. 
Um, and now we know that that was true, right? Like clearly they do prefer the way the offense has operated to how it looked in the first three weeks. Now it's not really fair to Jameis. He was dealing with a, with ma- a major back injury and a major foot injury. So who's to say the offense you saw over the first three weeks is necessarily the offense that you would see with him in there now, but one way or the other, it's clear that the coaches liked what they saw with Andy in there. Yeah. To me, like I said, it was just a little bit of a surprise because I was under that impression that once Jameis was healthy and he's a full go on the injury yeah. report that he would be stepping or sliding back into that role. But uh, because of Andy Dalton's performance and the way this offense has been looking over the past couple of weeks, it's putting up points. That's not the issue. The Saints team is scoring. They're just not keeping the other teams at the end zone. No, and, and D.A. is a defensive guy. Anytime he's going to be able to to kind of just say, okay, the offense is good, the offense is hitting its benchmark, and I can focus on the defense, he's going to do that. And I think that's what a lot what this is about. Steve Geller with Jeff Nowak coming back with more First Take after this on WWL. Your Oakland Heart Rolex time check is three hours, one minute till kickoff in the Caesar Superdome between the two and five Saints and two and four Las Vegas Raiders. And Jeff, I know you've got an update on that silver and black. Yeah, it looks like Darren Waller, the tight end for the Raiders. We remember him as the guy who just ate the Saints defense alive the last time they played. That was in 2020. He's listed as questionable with a hamstring. He's going to test it out in pregame warm-ups and before a decision is made whether he will play today. So he'll be a true game-time decision. That's a report from Adam Schefter just now. So, you know, it's a, he still don't know. But, again, we talked about Foster Morrow with, uh, with Mike Dettelier, and if Darren can't go, you're going to get a heavier dose of Foster. Well, I'd much rather have the Fosters than... uh, (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. I could see it in your eyes. (laughs) But yeah, uh, what we saw from Waller the last time out, I think, if you didn't know his name beforehand, Saints fans really got acquainted with who he was. Just a guy that just ripped through this defense and... Uh, well, yeah, we'll see come game, uh, come warm-ups what's happening with him. Uh, Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak got another hour here on First Take before we hand things off to the Bud Light Countdown to kickoff, which will be coming up at 10 a.m. Right now in London, looking at the game between the Jaguars and Broncos. Jags up 7 nothing. We'll be back with more First Take right after the break here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.